Hello, this is Maurice Jackson. Before we present today's interview, I'd like to remind our listening audience that I'm a licensed broker to sell precious metals through Miles Franklin, where we have unlimited options to expand your precious metals portfolio. Stay tuned to the end of our interview for contact details, and I look forward to the opportunity to speak with you. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Giant Bandari, the founder of the world-renowned Capitalism and Morality and a highly sought-out advisor to institutional investors. Mr. Bandari, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Maurice. Always glad to have you on our program, sir. We have a number of topics to address that are important for members of our audience to be aware of that may have an impact on their investment decisions. I would like to begin our discussion on addressing geopolitics in areas of the world that many investors and those in the media identify as emerging economies. But in previous interviews, you've pointed out that these are not emerging economies, but they are third world economies, and they will remain third world economies. Let's begin in Latin America and go to Venezuela. What has your attention there? And why? What is happening in Venezuela is that 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 country is imploding, as are many countries in the third world. In fact, all third world countries that I can think of are imploding, Maurice. The only exception is China. Uh, What happened with Venezuela is something very similar to what happened in the Middle East. Um, These people became very rich as a consequences of finding oil. Uh, And what people might want to look at is GDP per capita of countries like Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. And the GDP per capita was... uh, in general, about twice as much as it was it, at, as it is today, which means that not only they have half as much of wealth generating capacity 50 years later, um, they have completely failed to benefit from technological revolution that has happened in the last 50 years. Um, and this is a consequence of only one thing, Maurice, and the thing is that because Western societies, Europeans no longer rule countries like Venezuela, leadership has got completely depleted in these countries, and these countries as a consequence are imploding. What you see happening in Venezuela or Brazil or Central America, which is uh, Guatemala, Honduras, uh, and many of these countries, El Salvador, they're all imploding. And in my view, they will all fall apart into tribal pieces, which means that there is a huge, huge humanitarian crisis that we are looking forward to, not in the very far future. How do you see the events unfolding in Venezuela? Do you see regime change? And if so, will that mean that socialism leaves? Uh, No, that won't happen. Uh, People erroneously project their good views on uh, protests that happen in the streets. Uh, So a lot of libertarians and even the international media will claim that these people on the street, Venezuelans, are sick and tired of their regimes. Um, but uh, with Maduro, but the reality is that these people, if you look closer, are of course asking for Maduro to go. But what they are 
not asking for is for the free stuff to go away. What they are on the street for is because the free stuff has stopped coming to them. They want free stuff, and that is the only reason they are on the street. Um, so the problem, Maurice, is that socialism doesn't add up. There's nothing like free stuff. Someone has to produce wealth to give it to you, and at a time must come when all this excess wealth will have got used up. That has what happened in Venezuela, and these people have now no option but to continue to become poor. Mudoro can go and the new regime can come in and the opposition party will come in, but don't expect anything to really change in a very material way in Venezuela. This country will implode because that is where their thinking takes them. You know, we're going to discuss the value proposition of precious metals later in the interview, but it was brought to my attention that the situation is so dire in uh, Venezuela that graves are being robbed for jewelry of the deceased, in particular those that died prior to 1940. And the reason I bring that up is when times get desperate, that's when people begin to realize the difference between currency and money, which is gold and silver. Absolutely, uh, Maurice. Uh, when you want to protect your wealth going forward, one of the best ways to protect is by using precious metals. Uh, precious metals and gems do not die, deteriorate or fall apart with time. Uh, and they become good ways as to be used as currencies when time comes for you. Uh, and that they, they have been historically very good ways to protect your wealth. In a situation in which the society is going into a chaos, property prices fall apart, uh, they don't add to their value with time, um, you can't really invest in the economy, in factories or in infrastructure and expect to make money from them. Um, and that is exactly the reason why people historically have owned uh, things that preserve their value with time and gold and silver are among the most important commodities that way. Let's move to the Persian Gulf and go to Iran. The situation is becoming more and more tense. What is going on there and why? Um, Maurice, uh, what uh, those people among us who dislike American involvement in uh, Iran fail to understand really that Iran has been trying to build nuclear capabilities. Um, and America has this real responsibility to make sure that Iran does not build nuclear weapons. Uh, now, uh, what people forget is that at one point of time, Iraq, Libya, Brazil, uh, many other countries tried to make nuclear weapons and America ensured that these people failed to make nuclear weapons. Now, Imagine what would have happened had Iran built nuclear weapons. Uh, it would start to dominate everything around itself. And if it got capabilities to send missiles to America, this would be game over for America because America can't afford to have even one city get blown away and Iran can afford to lose half of its population and not worry about it. So what America is doing is fully legitimate in my view. America has the responsibility for its own protection to make sure that America, Iran does not build nuclear weapons and missile technology. Now, what are your thoughts on them taking the oil tankers of uh, Great Britain here recently? 
Well, and that is the problem. These are completely superstitious, tribal, irrational people, and they will create chaos just to look brave to their own people. And the reason is that Iranians themselves are like that, and their government is mainly a reflection of its people. Uh, and uh, I'm reasonably sure people in Iran are feeling uh, very euphoric, uh, despite that they are hungry. They're feeling euphoric about what uh, Iranian government has done. And this is a way to control the crowds, control the masses. And this is what Iranian government is doing. Uh, and this needs to be controlled. This needs to be checked uh, as far as Iran kind of countries are concerned. You know, there's a lot of turmoil in Iran as well as the women. They're fighting to give up their hijabs and there seems to be a growing faction that uh, want the mullahs out what are your thoughts there i think that's a very erroneous uh, conclusion that a lot of people make watching anecdotal uh, videos of uh, women burning away their hijab or people fighting against the mullahs uh, or they might even show photographs of Iranians from the 1960s or 70s in which women are wearing mini skirts or uh, sitting on beaches. Uh, these are very uh, inappropriate uh, 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 show of what Iran, the truth of Iran is like. Now, the reality is that 83% of Iranians are in favor of Sharia law. Uh, a large, um, vast majority of people in Iran would want you to be stoned to death for not believing in Islam or particularly if you are a Muslim and if you want to give up uh, Islam. So it's a very hardcore, fanatic society. Uh, and a few women who are protesting are just those rare one or two women who are protesting, or probably they are out of their mind uh, at this stage. The reason they, are, they have the so-called courage to protest in public. Uh, in general, Iranians are protesting against inflation, not against uh, religious fanaticism. Inflation has been increasing. And the problem with irrational people, Maurice, is that they think that uh, uh, believing more in Islam or believing more in tribalism or investing more in military hardware would somehow uh, make up for this inflation, would somehow make them richer despite inflation. They don't understand that fanaticism and uh, too much focus on military actually leads to even more inflation. These third world countries are in a vicious cycle because they are headless, they are leaderless, and democracy has got them where they are today. It seems that the citizens of Iran could also benefit from owning physical precious metals. Let's move further east into India. Well, uh, Maurice, Maurice yes. uh, in the, the truth is that uh, Iranians are among the biggest buyers of precious metals because individually they know that uh, their society is extremely chaotic. And thank you for that input. Let's move further east to India, which recently had elections. What do you make of the elections? Well, this is all noise uh, for me, Maurice. Uh, the path of India is well defined. The future path is well defined. India is imploding. India is in a terrible situation. And the international media, the World Bank, the IMF project show uh, all erroneous information about India. India has been going downhill since the time the British left India. Uh, its institutions are falling apart, its economy is getting worse by the day, 
and all we have today is a very fanatic person ruling that country uh, and he is going to continue to do more things to correct the problems uh, and he will do those things that led us to the, those problems in the first place which means that the situation will just get worse and worse because again maurice he is an internet irrational person and his actions will take india to a worse situation now if i were a voter in india who would i have voted for i would have actually voted for the current prime minister and the reason is that other people would have been even worse and that is how bad headless and brain dead the <laughs> leadership of that that country is today that's truly unfortunate to hear so just for the record because my next question was going to be should investors expect to see new opportunities with prime minister modi remaining in power and that answer is no is that correct sir absolutely there is no opportunity in india now of course there can be isolated opportunities in in any society i mean you can make money probably in venezuela or north korea or some parts of uh, really bad parts of africa uh, but in general as a country as a society india is imploding and i have no interest to keep any of my money there except in isolated cases Before we move to speculations in the natural resource space, what are your thoughts on the situation between the U.S. and China? Uh, yeah, I mean this trade war continues, and I like both these countries. I think America is really the best country on the planet even today, and China is the only emerging market. Without uh, China, has shown the capability. to continue to improve and i go to china quite often i love how chinese culture and chinese society is changing uh, but uh, this trade war uh, is something that will actually harm china and i think what trump is doing is quite correct because china has been getting a free ride and what trump wants to do is for china to control uh, to make sure that the playing field is level and now uh the current president of china xi jinping is uh, certainly egocentric and uh, my fear is that he might uh, lead to reduction in growth rate of china uh, for the next few years but china's future i think is reasonably very good in the future uh, and i hope this trade war uh, blows over eventually but for now china is suffering We've discussed some of the challenges in the third world economies. What is the solution for people that want to see changes? Uh there is it's too late for changes to happen in the third world countries, Maurice. 5 billion out of 7 and 1/2 billion people in the world live in third world countries. And remember when the populations of the third world countries was 1/5 of what it is today? Uh, when it was 1940s and 1950s and europeans were ruling these third world countries they were starting to feel find it very difficult to control the chaos of the third world countries uh, now what has happened in the intervening 70 years is that the best people of these third world countries have moved to the first world uh, and democracy has meant that the really worst part of the third world country masses are now in leadership positions in the third world countries so there is really no solution given the inertia that we are in right now uh, for individuals my only suggestion would be to find a refuge somewhere in the west now of course the west should try to minimize uh, immigration into 
their countries because this multiculturalism is destroying the West very rapidly. Uh, so it's a very strange situation. I think the third world will certainly implode. It is the biggest humanitarian crisis the world has ever faced, in my view. Hundreds of millions, billions of people will perish uh, when this comes uh, to its conclusion. Now, you referenced that multiculturalism is destroying the West. In what regard? Uh, well, uh, Western civilization is a sane civilization for a reason. And the reason is the concept of reason, the concept of causality, the concept of individuality, the concept of property rights, which are all interconnected co concepts in a way. Uh, and that is really the only culture that exists. Every That is the only that is my definition of civilization. Now, people from the third world don't have civilization. They operate through their animal base instincts. Now, if when these people come to the West and they don't accept the primary aspects of Western civilization, they participate in destroying the Western society. My guess is that anything like 90 to 95 percent of immigrants do not add cultural value to the West and they should have never been accepted into the Western countries. Uh, but again, my guess is that uh, this has led the Western society into a huge problem, particularly America, where America has been a place where a lot of people have moved to and they increasingly vote for the left and the nanny government exactly the way they voted in the places that they left behind and they are now destroying America very rapidly. And that is why, Maurice, my view is that after Trump, America is going to be a very sad and bad place despite that it is the best country on the planet. The problem is polarization is huge in America today and once Republican Party loses its control it will become ultra leftist in America well I'm just shaking my head here in uh, despair here that's uh, <laughs> not a bright future for uh, American citizens here let's switch gears here in the natural resource space many speculators are euphoric with gold seeming to find some price stability above 1400 is this a head fake or are we in for higher gold prices uh, well, uh, I don't speculate much uh, in any commodity or precious metals, but really, Maurice, if you think into the future, what options do you have? As I said, the third world is imploding, and these 5 billion out of 7.5 billion people on the planet have really no other choice except to preserve their wealth either by buying um, Western properties, Western investments, or by buying gold and silver. Most of these people don't really understand what is happening outside their boundaries. So they have no option but to buy gold, silver, and um, currencies of Western countries. And that is why I think the support for precious metals will continue to increase going forward. Uh, I don't know what influence it will have in pricing, but uh, really, if I had to suggest to someone to invest on how to preserve his wealth, my suggestion would primarily be focused on gold and silver. I hear from a lot of uh, speculators in the space, they're, they're very euphoric regarding the gold price, but I want to delve a little bit into your mindset here and your investment thesis. How does the gold price factor into your investment decisions? When I look at mining companies, uh, Maurice, I don't 
I don't build into my model uh, prices of commodities and gold higher than what they are today. I always build either spot prices or actually lower than spot prices in my uh, discounted cash flow model. Uh, for me, these mining companies are for profit and they should make sense to me at the spot price. Are you actively buying gold or are you more focused on the junior mining companies? Uh, I am certainly interested in buying gold. I own gold and any dips that happen in gold would lead me to buying, accumulating more gold. Uh, now, uh, I understand or I like to think I understand the junior mining business very well. Uh, and I also like to think that I understand uh, other investment vehicles as well. So I, of course, invest in these uh, other companies as well because they are investment vehicles for me. That is where I expect to make money irrespective of what happens to the metal prices. Speaking of junior mining companies, which ones have your attention at the moment? Um, a couple of companies, uh, Maurice, that I have been, I have talked with you many, many times in the past. The, though both of those companies have gone up about 10 to 20 times. And those two companies are Novo Resources. The ticker is NVO. And the other one is Erving Resources. The ticker is IRV. Uh, I own, uh, these are two of my largest positions and I continue to hold them. I'm of course not buying them. I buy things when things when prices are cheap, uh, but I continue to hold them and I continue to believe that uh, they have, they offer me a very good uh, upside, a speculative upside. Things can go wrong, but they offer me very good speculative upside. You know, there's another company within that family per se, and that is uh, Miramont Resources. What are your thoughts on them? Uh, well, Miramont is a company that uh, I am accumulating at 10 cents. It's currently trading at 10 cents. And the good thing with uh, 10 cent pricing of Miramont is that it has priced in all the risks that exist in the company. It is trading not much more than its cash value. The enterprise value of Miramont today is only about $2 million for two very prospective and large projects. Uh, and I'm very happy to accumulate Miramont at 10 cents. When it was trading at 15 or 20 cents, I suggested that people sold that company. Uh, and I did sell my Miramont position at that time. And I am a buyer at this at the current price. I noticed a, a central theme in all those names that we just referenced there. And, and they're all sponsors of Proven and Probable, and we're proud to say that. But uh, Dr. Quentin Haney, what does that mean to you when you see a name like that affiliated with those companies? Most of the people, Maurice, that I have known in the business space are a mixture of psychopaths, uh, idiots, uh, financial illiterates, or simple con men. The, the arena is filled with those kind of people. My guess is that no more than 10% of leadership in the uh, in junior mining business is smart people who are good in engineering, good in geology, and good, at, good in business. And Quinton Henney, Dr. Quinton Henney fits all those things. He is among the most honest people I have known in the business. He's very smart in financial and geological matters, and I'm very happy to trust him. And that is the reason why the biggest part of my portfolio belongs to Nova Resources. You know, with Dr. Quentin Haney, behind the scenes, when I talk to people I interview, when I ask them who's their 
top three geologists, his name is always in that top three. So it, uh, follow the names and you'll follow success. And we've had a number of successes with Dr. Quentin Henney. Mr. You listen to his speeches made by Dr. Quentin Henney. Even if you don't understand geology, you will find yourself understanding geological concepts very easily. When someone can explain to you difficult concepts in layman terms, it it also means that they are actually very smart at their understanding of those concepts because that is the only way you can translate difficult concepts into layman's language. Mr. Bandara, you're known for brilliant calls on arbitrage opportunities. Do you have any to share with us? Yeah, I can mention three names to you, uh, Maurice, uh, and uh, all these three names are very close to a final merger decision. Uh, so people have to be very careful not to chase these shares. Uh, and these companies, one is Alexandria Minerals, a company that I did mention to you a few, a couple of months back when it was trading at two and a half cents. Currently it is five cents. So it has gone up quite a bit. Uh, but at five cents, there is a still a nice arbitrage upside. It is being acquired by O3 Mining, uh, which will eventually own projects that I would have owned anyway because I think the, comp the acquiring company also offers me a value. So Alexandria Minerals at five cents, uh, just sit on it. If it doesn't get bought, don't bother. It's a good value at five cents. There's another company called Terraco Gold and it's a royalty company which is being acquired. Uh, and it is trading at 12 cents. I have no interest to buy more of it at 12 cents. I bought it at nine and a half cents and I'm keen to buy more at 11 cents. Uh, and I think it offers me a good downside risk and a nice upside at 11 cents. And there's a third company called Toacho Mining, which is being acquired. It is trading at six and a half cents. I'm, I have no interest in buying it at six and a half cents. I think it will eventually fall to five and a half cents. So if you queue yourself up right now, your order will likely get filled before the merger is closed. So these are the three arbitrage opportunities. Both, All three of them will make you about 20%. As always, thank you for sharing that with us, sir. Moving on to philosophy. Mr. Bhandari, you're the founder of a philosophical forum focused on reason, argumentation, and liberty. For someone new to your work, please introduce us to capitalism and morality. Uh, I have been running capitalism and morality for the last 10 years, Maurice, and Rick Rule has been very kind enough to let me run this seminar immediately after his uh, Sprout Natural Resource Symposium, whose link is, of course, on your website, and people can register using that link. So I piggyback on his conference, of course, with his approval, uh, and he is one of the key speakers at my seminar along with people like Adrian Day, Jeff Dice, Rakesh Wadhwar, and my mentor, Doug Casey. Um, we have a total of 13 speakers, and it will be on the 3rd of August at the downtown campus of Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada. This is a world-class event, and I look forward to being there, uh, Giant. Who, you referenced some of the featured speakers. Can you share what they will be discussing? Well, um, the key aspect of this seminar, uh, Maurice, is to talk about the greatness of Western civilization. 
Uh, and really, I should not be using Western civilization because this is the only civilization I have known. Uh, but people who have grown up in this civilization fail to understand the great qualities of Western society. And it is the only civilization I have known. Other societies outside the West and outside those people who have failed to adopt Western civilization are just tribal people who live their lives using animal instincts. Uh, and I want to talk about issues that make the West great. And I want to talk about issues that are not allowed to be spoken on uh, in the West today because of political correctness. So we talk about gender issues, we talk about race, we talk about ethnicities, and it does not mean that those people who speak and listen are necessarily on the correct in their opinions, but we want to have an open discussion, which is really what Western civilization is about. Without free speech, uh, there is no future of Western civilization. Mr. Mandari, are there tickets still available? And if so, what is the price of admission? The tickets are still available, Maurice. Only about 20 seats are left. They are actually going away. And I have limited capacity in that room because of fire regulations. Uh, the price of the ticket is $175. But uh, as is always the case, your audience have an opportunity to get 10% discount. Uh, and uh, I can sent you the coupon for that 10% discount again so that you can link it uh, for your audience. Well, thank you for that generous offer. And is that in Canadian or U.S. currency? That is in, US, that is in Canadian dollars, 175 U.S. Canadian dollars, which translates into uh, about 135 American dollars. And you also get 10% discount on that. Well, you can't beat that. Not with the, the name of speakers that you have there. This is, again, I want to remind everyone, this is a world-class event. And the intellectual capital that's there, you can't beat it. Uh, and refreshments are there. Food is there. You don't have to leave the facility. It's, it's an all-day event. It's worth every single minute. Uh, for audience members that are familiar with our website, we have a direct link on our homepage that will take you directly to the registration tab for Capitalism and Morality. Mr. Mandari, before we close, what did I forget to ask? Um, well, uh, we have talked a lot, uh, Maurice. I have just returned from a fabulous uh, five-day trip to Yukon. Uh, a trip that was organized by Yukon Mining Alliance and the Yukon government. They did a f an absolutely fabulous job showing us around what is the natural endowment in terms of natural resources in Yukon. We got to understand about the capabilities and the kind of mood that pervades the Yukon government uh, and the kind of uh, mood pervades in the society there and uh, the capabilities that exist in Yukon. Now, whether I invest in Yukon or not is a different matter, but these people have done a fabulous job of explaining to me what Yukon is about, and they offer this trip every year in summer, and I think anyone who can afford to go should take that opportunity to visit Yukon with Yukon Mining Alliance and Yukon government. Mr. Bandari, for someone listening that wants to get more information about your work, please share the website address. Uh, everything I do, Maurice, is on my website, jayanthpandari.com. As a reminder, before you make your next precious metals purchase, please call me directly at 
1900. That number again is 855-505-1900. Or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Again, that number is 855 855- 505-1900 or maurice at milesfranklin.com Finally, please visit provenandprobable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. Jain Bandari, the founder of Capitalism and Morality, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for... The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.